Stanford Steve and the Bear is presented by Allstate. Save money like a champion with Allstate's new lower auto rates. Visit Allstate.com or call an agent for a quote today. Championship savings for the win. The underdog is howling. Stanford Steve and the Bear. Ah, yes. A home team getting points. What's better than that? Welcome in. Last Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast of the 2021 year. Bear, how are you? Calendar year. Calendar year. Sorry. So just I knew I knew you would fix me up. We will we will have something prior to the uh, the national championship games. So yes. Calendar year. Good good catch by you. We're how are you? I'm Thursday was or Tuesday was one of those one of those fun travel days. So. I was going to say, let's start here. Where are you? I'm, I'm in I'm in Hollandale. Okay. I'm in Miami, South Florida, uh, here for game day in the, in the, in the uh, Georgia-Michigan semifinal. More Georgia-Michigan in the airport. I – Fort Lauderdale, come on. No, no signs of life, uh, especially this early. Especially this early, even though last night at dinner, um, there were more than uh, there were there were there were more Michigan than than Georgia. Okay, all right, that gives us a feel. Uh, we'll get to those games later on. Uh, obviously, the Cotton Bowl and the Orange Bowl are the semifinals, but we got games before that. Before we get started, I just want to mention a couple things first. Listen to the SV pod this week. We will have a full Christmas recap. What Scott's looking forward to and possibly if he has a new year, new year's resolution. Uh, that's my big question. We will be, he will be answering. Um, Scott and I will be with you uh, probably later in the week. Uh, so look for that wherever you get your podcast. Listen and follow the SV pod wherever you get your podcast and watch NBA today at three Eastern noon Pacific on ESPN and the ESPN app, or listen to the show as a podcast. Um, a lot has happened, Bear, since we've yeah, um, uh, last joined. Um, we got less games, added games, new point spreads that really just jumped out to me as I saw the Wake Forest Rutgers line that we will get to. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I just want to say, like, good for – Central Michigan and Washington State and the people involved. And sorry to Barstool that they're going to lose the game. Yeah, but I'm nice. I'm glad the, these guys. Uh, I was listening um, to the Memphis head coach uh, Silverfield tell the story about how he found out and had to break the news to his team that they were in Hawaii and they were not going to be playing the next day in the Hawaii Bowl. And they literally were in team meetings getting ready to go to their last meal. Uh, as as a team the night before the game, and that's when he had to break it to him. And to hear him tell the story about how guys just, you know, walked out and went up to the room, tears everywhere, and thinking about the you know the super seniors that came back. Memphis had a chance to be the first team in school history to win back to back bowl games. That 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 kind of hit me, man. Uh, to to yeah. hear and the the guys that the time is invested, and then you hear that Hawaii practiced that day. And then made the decision to cancel is is just brutal. So yeah, it was. He, I, 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 I wonder 
I mean, I think the the Hawaii deal is the, was a real bad situation. And again, I'm I'm not going to put any words in anybody's nope. mouth. But but you know what? Like I almost get a sense that that was a lot more just Hawaii not wanting to play the game and the players kind of revolting against Graham and then. Yes, I'm sure there are illness issues and COVID issues, which there are all throughout the world. But for for Memphis to fly basically halfway around the world and then find out in that manner just sucks. And you got a team like East Carolina, too, who'd kind of been uh, building and come so close the last couple of years to getting bowl eligible. And they're excited about being in a bowl game. And then that game gets canceled. And, and they're down here in D.C., Bear. Like, they're going – sightseeing they're doing all the activities i mean they're at the capitol they're at the white house they're down all over the monuments taking it all in which you should do in a bowl game and poof it's gone and like i said the 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 toughest thing is to realize and you don't realize it when you're in the moment there on that team that's the last time that group's going to be together i don't no matter what um something's going to happen where somebody else can't be there down the road if you do a reunion i've been there and I, I, I just hope everybody's, I, I would say embrace the journey and I'm, it just sucks that, that they didn't get to take the field, those teams that didn't. So, um, my thoughts are with you, uh, not being able to lace them up, um, that last time with your guys. So sorry to all those, uh, we do still have games, yep. um, scheduled games, uh, and we got lines on those games. So let's move to, uh, Thursday. December 30th, 1130 a.m. Eastern, your Duke's Mayo Bowl, the Carolina Bowl, North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, I'm not a Mayo guy. Uh, We've talked about it, but I will be watching this game. Uh, Carolina is a big, big favorite and minus nine. Wow. All right. So this went down a little bit. I thought I saw a 10 out there earlier in the week Uh, over under 58. Uh, are you going with your underdog theory here, which has been pretty, pretty good, Bear? Yeah, I, I am. I, if, if I have, I mean, I don't love the game. I, I just still don't know how good South Carolina's offense is. But, they, but, but again, I, I would, I would take South Carolina here. Uh, I, I think most people will be on North Carolina here just because of Sam Howell playing and coming back and trying to use this game as a spring, springboard for the last bit of game tape for his for his draft status but i think it's an opportunity I mean, there's a lot of excitement about this around the south carolina program right now with the the great signing class that they had with uh, spencer rattler uh, transferring in so it, it, it kind of feels like a south nine and a half uh, you can get nine and a half at most places mm-hmm. um with the game cox it feels like an opportunity for, for shane beamer and that team to which surprise bowl team for this year uh, with the momentum that they've had in the last uh, couple of weeks or so to kind of continue on and, and, and play a good game. And North Carolina has been a very disappointing team, one of the most disappointing teams in the country this year. Yep. Um, but I'm, I'm sure they'll be excited to play just because of the recruiting ramifications and the, uh, the, 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 the rivalry there. But even during the regular season, when they, when these teams would play to start the season up for the most part, uh, these games were close games. So I, I'll, uh, I, I actually took South Carolina in those uh, little bowl pick and pulls that we do. So uh, that would be the side I would suggest here. Okay. Uh, I will say this, um, you know, people have their opinions on Mac Brown. Uh, I, I always think about him in these kinds of situations where he can muster up some stuff to get 
these guys ready to go. They are a big favorite. I go back to last year when they played AM with hardly half the roster and they battled and Howell was awesome uh, in that performance and they almost pulled it off. Uh, and now this year, I would guess this is going to be uh, Howell's last last game. And I think they I think they'll be they'll be motivated to play this. Knowing there is that, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, border war, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I also think Max, a guy that's going to know he wants to to use these practices to get better. And that defense can only get better. And I think there's an opportunity here. You mentioned it. How good is South Carolina's offense? I, I'm still not a believer. The numbers will tell you not to be a believer, but they they mustered it up and got and got and got in the in a bowl where and they won games down the stretch they weren't supposed to win. Um, so I think this is gonna be a competitive game. I don't want I don't want to give nine points knowing what I've seen from that Carolina defense, but it wouldn't be surprised me if they play with a better effort and 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 execute uh better on the defensive side, knowing that South Carolina is not really capable. Um South Carolina's defense has been good. Um, but we'll see what, what Howell does. I'm, I'm rooting for him. I, I think the world of the kid, and I'm, I really want to see him do well uh, going out in his last um, game in that uniform. So it's a stay away. Like like you, I took South Carolina in in the pick'em uh, pool, so uh, with the points, obviously. Um, so that's the old Duke's Mayo Bowl. Later on that day, we have Tennessee and Purdue. I was able to get um, – Tennessee plus two and a half. I think I got it at. Uh, yeah. When it first came out thinking that there was going to be some opt outs for Purdue. Now it's Tennessee minus six. Um, any feel here? I mean, it's, it's hard to, to lay six now, but then again, you sit, kind of said the same thing about the Western Michigan, uh, Nevada game. And that turned out to yeah. be a complete annihilation. Mm-hmm. So is there an opportunity for that to happen here? Maybe, I, I would still look at playing the over 64 and a half here. Uh, we, we know Tennessee's defense has not been very good. I still think with O'Connell quarterback, they're going to be throwing even without Bell. Uh, they'll, they'll be throwing the ball basically every play, yeah. an opportunity to put up some points. And, you know, and you know, uh, a lot like South Carolina, kind of an unexpected bowl seat, bowl, bowl berth for uh for the Vols. Hooker saying he's coming back for next next year to uh, to, to run it back. And, and again, there's excitement around the, the Tennessee program right now and that offense. Uh, I, I think without Carlaptis in the lineup for Purdue, we'll be able to put up some points. And I, I could easily see this being a, a really entertaining, high-scoring game. So I, I guess I would, I would, I would lay the points with Tennessee if I had to, and uh, and I would look at the over sixty-four and a half. Yeah, I, I like that call. Um, I still go back to I remember giving out Pitt against uh, Tennessee this year. And watching that game, mm-hmm. I'm saying to myself, if Hooker starts that game, they probably Tennessee probably wins that game. Um, and both teams went their own ways from that game and both had successful seasons. I'd be super happy with what I saw from Tennessee in the Heupel's first year there. Um, obviously, you got to figure out your quarterback situation, and it didn't happen as quickly as some might like. It, it happens all over the place. Uh, look at what you know Utah did. Um, to start the season and look where they are now. And we'll talk about them in a bit, but I like your call on the over here. Um, I could see this being a high level game, uh, both teams motivated and and trying to build uh, towards that. So um, I would lean, I would lean the over there uh, later that day. Pitt, Michigan state, the off that ball. Yeah. Um, I, sorry. I don't have anything here. You. 
I, I would still take a chance on on the over as well. I mean, obviously, it's a pretty soft landing spot for uh, the pit backup quarterback to come in and face the worst pass defense in the country. Uh, and I still think Michigan State, with, with some of the weapons that they have on offense, uh, will be able to score some points. So I, I think you're getting a uh, a discounted price on the uh, on the total here. So I, I would. I'd stay away from the side, but I look at, I'd look at the over here. I mean, at 50, 55 is 20, I mean, 28, 28. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's the 31, 28s and over. I, I could very easily see that. Okay. Uh, sorry. I just don't have anything. Yeah, no, it's fine. I, I, just have no, I don't know what to expect, so I don't want to act like I, I have a feeling on this game. So I'm just going to be up front. Um, later that night, uh, 1030 Eastern ESPN, uh, the Las Vegas Bowl, Wisconsin, eight and four, Arizona State, eight and four. Wisconsin's up to minus six in this game, over under 41. Um, I I liked Wisconsin when this first came out. Um, I get in the game, I would lay the six. I might give out Wisconsin. I'm just trying to figure out and get some more information. I just I love Jim Leonard and and being able to prepare for a team that's limited on on offense in Arizona State. Um, I believe their linebacker's already announced he's transferring. Uh, to Ohio State, so he's not going to be there. Uh, so I, it's a trust factor here, and I like what I've seen from Wisconsin more than what I've seen from Arizona State here. Um, so I, I, I like Wisconsin in this game. Yeah, I was looking at an Arizona State. Uh, I'm curious to see what they post as an Arizona State uh, team total. I haven't seen one yet, but that, that's what the way I could see myself playing this game. Well, let's see. You're looking at 20, you're looking at 24, 24, 17 is basically what the, the spread and total suggested. Yeah. I, I'd kind of be surprised if, if Arizona state hit 20 points in this game. Yeah. Me too. <clears throat> Especially with, yeah, you, you hit on Jimmy Leonard and their defense has played well throughout the year. And uh, the, the fact that Wisconsin had such, such a crappy season last year um, and an opportunity to win, uh, end the season this year, again on a, with a, with a bowl win, Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think with everything that Mertz has been through, yeah, six is a six is a weird number, but I, I'd look at the uh, Arizona State team total under once that comes out, and expecting that to be probably around seventeen. I could see myself opening a money line parlay with Wisconsin too, um, just knowing that it might not be pretty. Knowing <laughs> what Wisconsin, I still yeah, I, with those two teams, still, I can't imagine it'll be pretty. Yeah, um, I just. That Minnesota beating Wisconsin and watching them last night, and I know you know not everybody's there, but that's still one of the shocking uh, results to me this year was when Minnesota uh, beat Wisconsin. I think I say it every week, but that it still shocks me that Iowa was playing in that title game. I, I you know everyone was talking about Wisconsin and how they're going to be able to defend Michigan, and they never even got there in that Big Ten title game. Um, the Gator Bowl is New Year's Eve day, eleven a.m. Eastern. We got a fill-in. It's Wake Forest minus 14 and a half against your son. University of New Jersey getting to a bowl at five and seven. Keep chopping. Off of, off of the last the last six games, which have been says, scoring 16 points in a 40 to 16 loss against Maryland, getting shut out by your Nittany Lions, beating Indiana, losing 52 to three to Wisconsin. Beating Illinois in a in a thrilling twenty to fourteen win as a big underdog, scoring seven points against Northwestern, scoring thirteen points against Michigan State in, the, in that defense, and getting annihilated 
by Ohio State. That's a ball team, my friends. And I, I want to ask you, though, as a player, like, it, it's Wake Forest or pass for me just because of, yeah. I like as a player, you're like you're done. Like, like you, you're, you're, you're checked out mentally, I'm imagining. And then you're being told that you're, oh, yeah, you got to go prep and practice yeah. to, to play Wake Forest, a team that's going to want to run about 100 plays in the game and throw the ball all over the place. And you know, you, you're, you're going to be playing on, on, on New Year's Eve morning and like, yeah, yeah, basically like 10 days to get ready for the game. Like, I can't imagine as a player being too excited to play in this game, given like if it's a, if you knew you were going there, fine, great. Correct. But like you, you're you, the way the season ended for them getting blown out by Maryland, like I would think that mentally they're, they're, they're done and they're kind of, it's kind of a dangerous situation for them too, if they're not fully invested. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you're leaving Piscataway and getting down to Florida. I would imagine if there's a choice of watching some extra tape or going to check out some things and some nice weather, in yeah. in Florida, that's going to play on your mind. Um, the over under sixty two and Wake is minus fourteen and a half. So that I was wondering about the Rutgers team total in this because yeah. we've seen Wake Forest's defense get diced up. But you talked about it. How motivated is Rutgers going to be on top of knowing how limited they are offensively? Uh, so yes, it's a Wake Forest surpass uh, for me, early start, 11 a.m. Um, we'll see what, what Rutgers uh, could come up with, but I, I would lean Wake Forest in that one. Um, another fill-in, uh, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Central Michigan making that four-hour trek across the border from Tucson to El Paso. Uh, Washington State is going to be there. Uh, their head coach just tweeting out, we'll play anybody uh, we want to play. Uh, I love seeing that. Um, you know, seven and five They're They couldn't be riding higher after finally winning the Apple Cup. And uh, Central Michigan comes in. Uh, McElwain's done a really good job with that offense. You go back to what he did last year uh, as far as gray shirting and, 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 and sitting guys. I think it was close to 40 guys um, that didn't play. And they Central Michigan is a team to keep your eye on next year. Uh, they, they'll have more guys coming back than anybody in the country. Um, they're getting seven against Wazoo, uh, and over on there's 57 and a half. I, I look at the over here. Um, I know the, 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 the preparation is not, but I, I like the capability of both offenses. And like you said, the motivation factor, the defense, how, how, how much of a deep dive can you do? I understand you could de- you could break down some tape a lot faster than you could in the 90s and the 80s, but uh, both teams' strengths are offense. So I, I would lean the over here 57 and a half. Yeah, that, that's the way I was approaching this game as well. Like, you you know, it's a lot, I think, easier to have an offensive game plan and just uh, use it and, and it will and it will work and the defense is going to have to adjust and now. Uh, that they'll have to adjust in game because they really won't have much uh, prep time, and who knows how much prep. This could just be one of those, just let 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 a rip. Uh, yeah, and it could be a, a super high scoring game because you know both you know both offense both teams are offensive minded uh, with, with the head coach on the on the quarterback position. So yeah, I'm with you. I, I would I would expect this to be a uh, an overtype game and just kind of a a fun game because two teams that are just going to kind of be really happy to, that they're able yeah. to play after their opponents uh, ducked out of the game. 
No doubt. And when you look at these teams, how they're coming in, Washington State won three of their last four in those three wins, 40 points, 44 points, 34 points. Um, and then Central Michigan came in red hot, uh, winning four in a row to end the season. They scored 31 against Eastern, 37 against Ball, 30, or 54 against Kent State, 42 against Western Michigan. So the, the offenses, they, they have some firepower there. Um, you know, for the season, Wazoo averages 28 points a game, Central Michigan 33. And I know they played different schedules, but I like I said, they, they, the ability is there on the offensive end. I like the over in that game. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. That gets us to the semifinals. 3:30 Eastern. Uh, we're going to kick the Cotton Bowl from Jerry World. And I'm just trying to make sure nothing has changed as far as this line. Wow, it's down to 13 and a half some places. I would jump all over been. that. That's what it's been. It's been 13 and a half all along. Oh, I thought I saw 14s everywhere. Well, did you see, was there a 14 somewhere? Okay. Yeah, I thought. I, was. I thought, well, whatever. If you're going to take 14, I would buy 13 and a half. Um, the over under 57 and a half. And. Going back and forth, I when it first came out, I really, um, I really thought Cincinnati has a shot. Um, and going back and watching this, uh, and watching Alabama and Cincinnati, a couple things just stick out to me. And I, I've used, I've done some radio shows the past week talking about this game, and the word that keeps coming to my mind, Bear, is strain. And the strain that Alabama's offense puts on your defense. You saw it against Georgia. You saw it, you know, in the last you know, fourth quarter against Auburn. Uh, I went back and watched the A&M game. Um, they, they're, they're, they're so good because they make you defend everything, sideline to sideline, and with the deep threat, and the ability to create one-on-ones inside the formations and put where they have an advantage on an island against your disadvantage. And when they line up, Cincinnati will be, they'll be ready to go. It's just that strain of playing 60 minutes. Cincinnati really hasn't had to do it against this type of talent. And that's the difference to me. Uh, What Bryce Young has done, you know, they're going to be ready. You saw their game plan with Bill O'Brien for Georgia. I mentioned all the offensive assistants, Saban hires are for games like that. And then game, I mean, they've been looking ahead probably to this game for a while. Um, And I just, you know, I, I think Cincinnati will play well early, and it's just how long can they can they play well? I think a ton is on Desmond Ritter. Um, I really look at him trying to move the change, whether it's third and six. They got to stay out of long situations, uh, but can he move the change with his feet to keep Alabama's offense off the field? I don't know. And what the hell are they going to do trying to block thirty-one? They haven't seen anybody like him. Uh, you know, people go back to the Indiana game when McFadden got thrown out. That game totally changed. He's probably the best pass rusher uh, they faced. This guy's a whole different animal, and he'll sacrifice himself on runs. He'll put they'll line him up different spots. 
I don't know what Cincinnati is 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 ready. I don't know if they're ready for for this kind of guy. So I, I sorry for the long winded answer. I'm laying a thirteen and a half with Bama. No, you, 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 don't no worries about a long winded answer. That's why we, that's why we're here. It's interesting because I would normally feel pretty good about what you just said and be all in on that. And again, maybe I'm just reading too much between the lines and the psychology of the number, but I, I spoke to a, a bookmaker out there, out there, you're not, you're not there. You're in, you're in Maryland. You're not in Vegas. But I spoke to someone out, out in Vegas who his numbers actually have this game close, like 10 and a half. And they, they just figured, you know, we're going to get Alabama money, regardless of whether it's 10 and a half or 13 and a half. So let's, let's make it 13 and a half. And, 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 it leads me to believe that they feel pretty good about going into this game needing Cincinnati, which which I don't want to say worries me or concerns me, but I just find it interesting that, uh, that that's kind of counter to what you and I kind of see this game. So in, 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 a, in, a, in a perfect world, in a, in, a, in a vacuum, I would certainly lay the 13 and a half, but then again, you look at Alabama with the, the four one-score games that they played in the regular season. I think the best play here is Cincinnati team total under. Okay. I, I don't know how – again, I don't know what it's going to be. I haven't done the math on it yet, but I would look at I would look at that, and I don't know how many points they're able to score. because so I, I can see Anderson being just a problem, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I don't think their offense is – dynamic enough to really threaten and put a bunch of points on the board. Now maybe maybe they can stay in the game if their defense is able to control the the, the vertical passing game and maybe O'Brien and, and that offense takes a little different approach in the game with the with the help. I'm assuming the running backs are healthier now. Mm-hmm. So, so this might be a deal where if they're looking to take away uh Billingsley and, and, and Jameson Williams and those guys. And maybe maybe we just focus on control, trying to control line of scrimmage and, and running the ball. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think uh, the thing I feel best about is a uh, Cincinnati team total under. So I'm thinking right now it's 57 and a half. So that's probably 35, 21, you know, right around there. I I feel pretty good about under 21. Yeah. Um, so you have you have that there. And listen, I love what Cincinnati's done. I we I've taught all year. I think they deserve to be here. Uh, but when you go down it, you know, the receivers are good. They don't have any advantages, I don't think, over the Alabama secondary. Um, Pierce is a good player. Uh, but how accurate is Ritter going to be on a consistent basis? You know he's going to have pressure. And Alabama's got great athletes. got elite talent in the secondary. They haven't showed up. And, and to your point with Bama, I know they don't have Mechie, but you're not getting Alabama, the Alabama team we saw against, like, Auburn and LSU. No. This is – this is this is Saban's time, and his guys will be ready. I thought I go back to that Georgia game. I thought Bill O'Brien was great uh, with the game plan there, and and how fast that game flipped. Really, oh. when you go back, really <laughs> yep. sticks out. I mean, it's ten nothing. That dome's rocking uh, with the red and black, and one pat one blown coverage because of a key that O'Brien put in where the they jumped a shallow cross, and that leaves Jameson Williams wide open, and he does his thing. Uh, I love Sauce Gardner. I love Kobe Bryant for sixty. I'm at. Yeah, I, they haven't had to play for sixty, and that's what I keep coming back to. What they're going to be playing on Friday? Yeah, 
Um, I, I, I'm thinking back, Joe, just kind of as we say this, like the reason why we both would just be surprised. Is I, I just think back to when uh, Oregon was favored over Ohio State in the 2014 championship game, and we just kind of went down and we were like outside of the quarterback position going into that game, like Ohio State was better in every position grouping. And like, it just made no sense. Like, you know, it's going to take something like completely. Alabama is better at every position grouping. Like there's, it's going to take, I don't want to say a miracle, but it's going to take, it's going to take like the A plus plus game from Cincinnati and like a, like a C minus or a D game from Alabama in order for the Bearcats to, and then maybe, maybe, who knows, maybe, maybe, maybe something will happen in the game on the, to, to turn it upside down, but I, I just, yeah, I, to me, I've, it, it felt like, I, it feels like I've seen it um, and, and wanted the underdog to, to be there and, and they are capable. Uh, but I just said like that strain, man, for 60, I just, I worry about that because you can't prep for it. Um, you know, with the schedule you play, but on the other side, you've won the games you're supposed to win and you're here. So now yeah. make the most of your opportunity. There's the one thing I always say when you get to this stage, I hope they play well. I, I know the time they've put in. Uh, I'm not here rooting for a blowout. Um, I want to see a competitive game because I think it'll do a, a great deal for the sport. Um, and knowing, you know, people love the underdog. And this is the ultimate. Uh, you know, Mechie out. He did catch 96 balls this year, which still is eye-opening to me. But I, there's enough from JoJo Earl. Uh, I think Robinson may be catching the ball out of the backfield, being healthy. Mm-hmm. You still got Latu and, and Billingsley in that pass game. So, you know... And that's just gets me to Cincinnati. The, 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 you can't prep for all those guys because you haven't faced it. And you could have a plan, but it's some, it's it, it, for the first time it to be full speed in a game. That's what's crazy. And that's where it catches up on you. And that's why Alabama is Alabama and they're the only one. So um, that's, that's the way I look at it. I, if it does get out of hand, obviously the over is the play. But like you said, Cincinnati team total, I think. I think if I if I was going to look at Cincinnati, I think maybe first half, maybe, uh, because you're going to get an inflated number there. You know, um, you're going to be catching. And, and the other thing is, is you I mean, they're turning into the Kansas City Chiefs, but you you can't kick field goals against Alabama and expect to win. No. Now, you might be able to cover a first half. It's funny you say that because this kind of feels a little bit like the the Washington semifinal game where yeah I think Alabama probably approached that game like we're just gonna go out and do kind of the I don't want to say bare minimum mm-hmm. but like kind of like just slow methodical bludgeoning like they could have played eight quarters to win the game like, and like Washington wasn't gonna score nope. multiple touchdowns in that game ever. I, I it kind of feels that way to me where I, I don't think Alabama really feels threatened from what Cincinnati can do offensively in this one. And and that was the idea and shame on me for not doing the proper prep, but lead it, reading uh, things that came out after the Alabama Miami game to start the year and seeing how Saban said, brought O'Brien in was like, this is the offense. You're going to learn it. And, you know, where, where I thought of the other idea where, you know, O'Brien would come in with his, 
different deals. I mean, say what you want to got the guy as a GM in the NFL. The guy scored and and moved the ball. And it, yes, he did have Deshaun Watson at the NFL level, but I always loved his offensive mind. And to see that he went in and he learned the offense and then to see it against Miami, it's like, oh, all right. So this is still the deal here. This, this, <laughs> this is it. And it, and then the foot on the gas. It, it's just constantly on the gas. And that's all that's gas breaks. There you go. Uh, so that's, that's what it comes down to for me is they haven't seen it and, uh, I hope they play well. I just, I, I've, I've seen it too many times. I'll, I'll lay the points, uh, the orange bowl where you are. Um, I'll let you go first on this one, Michigan, Georgia. What are we at now? Seven and a half, 45 and a half. Go for it. I'm, I'm laying it. Uh, I just think the mat, look, I think the matchup favors, is a lot more favorable for Georgia than the the, uh, the Alabama matchup was, mainly because of some of the things that you just hit on uh, with with the strain that the Alabama offense puts on your defense, and of, of course the psychological factor where Georgia had a, so much on not, not so much on the line, but like we we can finally beat our nemesis, and they didn't. But but I think here you've got an offense that I would expect Josh Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh to have a little bit different of a game plan. I don't, I look, they're smart. They know that they just can't run the ball uh, first down every single play uh, against this defense and, and expect to win the game. So I would think that there are going to be some wrinkles in here uh, where, where a lot of play action on first down, a lot of mm-hmm. throwing to the tight end like they did against Penn State in the, uh, the play that ultimately uh, broke that game open. Uh, but I, I just have too much faith and belief in what we saw. I think the, the knee-jerk reaction was, okay, we need to completely reevaluate everything we saw from Georgia uh, over the course of the year after what Alabama did. They faced Alabama. That was easily by far the best offense they faced all year. Mm-hmm. Now, now they're facing an offense, which is good, believe me. What, what they have done running the ball the last two weeks against Ohio State and Iowa has been incredible. But can I just trust Kirby – and, and Will and that defensive staff to, to put that game on the shoulders of McNamara. And I don't know if they have the offensive weapons to be able to expose Georgia's weaknesses on defense the way Alabama did. And, and I would exp- and, and I would think Georgia offensively will will come out and play better as, as, as well. I, I, I think I think there is something psychological there with that the Alabama and once. Uh, you, you hit on that one play like like it was like okay here we go again. Mm-hmm. So we will see what happens again. The number north of seven and a half, a seven and seven and a half. Michigan's a public underdog. Um, I, I think Georgia comes out and plays a really good, crisp game like they did for every single game this year on defense, with the exception of one. And uh, I, I think they come out and get a win. A couple uh, things uh, to add on to you when you go back and watch Michigan. And you, Michigan fans, you can say what you want. The only game they threw the ball well consistently, consistently against was Michigan State in the worst pass defense in America. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, the motivation factor, the biggest uh, thing I am dying to see is what is Georgia coming out as? Are they, do they got that hunger back? Was this layoff good for them to reassess things and get their minds right? I think one thing that really helps 
is looking at Michigan win that Joe Moore award for the best offensive line in the country. You know, is that kind of, take, was that what happened with, with what year did Oklahoma win that? Yep. Orange was, that the, was that the LSU year or was that? No, the, that was, no, that Alabama. was in Alabama. Okay. That was Kyler. Uh, yeah. And, and listen, they, to me, Michigan deserves that award, but the idea of Kirby being able to take those pictures and put them in the locker room and say, Hey boys, you want to get back up off your butts? Look at what you got to face here. Let's get motivated. It's a different, it's a different run game uh, than what Georgia has seen. I think their overall ability, you know, when you go down the line by these guys is where you're going to see it. It's not, a, it's not really a zone scheme for, for Michigan. It's more gap scheme and, the talent Georgia has up front, I like that matchup against a gap run scheme. Um, what is Georgia going to do off on the offensive line? They got to be better. They got to play against Anderson. You got to think they're going to be motivated to play against Hutchinson uh, with all the love that he's got, and he deserves all the love. He played his ass off, uh, and he and he's he's he deserves every accolade he's getting. Uh, but what are you going to do? Are you going to are you going to you know double him? Are you going to try and run? you know, some mesh at him to, to, you know, see how he plays that. Are you going to, I think George is going to do a lot of things to try and keep him not being able to just have free goes at the quarterback. Uh, they've seen enough of what he could do when he is all by himself on that. Um, so to me, we've gone back and forth with about Georgia the last couple of years on this pod. And I have not really given them the benefit of the doubt. Here's your chance. You got your chance. You've wanted it. And here it is. You you you, you had a chance um, against Alabama to close the door. You didn't, but there's that door down the road. If you want to go in it, you got to go down this one <laughs> first. So um, you have that. Um, I would think Georgia, uh, you know, seeing them keep rushing the passer, not getting home against Alabama, I think gave them a sense of actually what they really do have on the back end. But I don't think that's a problem uh, in this game, uh, knowing what could, they could disrupt up front. Um, because we talk about Georgia having to face Alabama. Michigan did what they had to do. They haven't seen guys like Georgia has up front. Uh, so I'm right now, I, I think Georgia wins the game. I'm just not sure I want to lay the seven and a half. Um, I, this is a huge game, too, for obviously touchdowns versus field goals uh, because there's not going to be as many of them as I'm, I'm expecting in the Alabama game. So right now, I'm leaning Georgia wins the game. Uh, I will lean taking the seven and a half here. I do think it's going to be that high level of a game uh, with 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 the matchups we have up front. It's going to be awesome to watch. Uh, but I would I would lean taking the points. I think Georgia definitely wins the game. And, and then we have another we have another SEC Big Ten matchup with uh, Arkansas and Penn State kicking things off on on New Year's Day. I, I initially liked Arkansas in this game, mm-hmm. um, but now they're favored. Yeah, if you if you didn't get them at plus two and a half or three like it was early, I don't know if you want to lay the point with Penn State with no John. Like I don't know how's Penn State can score. They haven't been able to run the ball all year long. Uh, now, yeah, you have Dotson out. Um, it feels like an under game for me because it, 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 I would think the Penn State defense is still going to show up and come to play. And, and I know it's kind of a big game for Penn State with the way their season went, losing mm-hmm. some, some close games to, to, to end the year and have opportunities to win some games. 
But uh, yeah, 48 and a half, uh, 48 rather. I would look at going under here, under 48, and okay. kind of stay away from the side, being that this thing is crossed zero. Yeah, uh, I think I think the opt-outs are big in this game, too. Uh, you mentioned Dotson, uh, Penn, Penn State's best corner is also out. Arkansas's best receiver is out. Um, this is my most hated thing of the bowl season is having to watch a 7-5 and five Big Ten team on New Year's Day. I'll just say that and leave it there. It's been a crutch <laughs> of my life for my whole life is having to watch all these Big Ten and SEC teams have to play on my birthday every year, and it bothers me still when I'm going to be in my mid-40s. <laughs> You are I will turn. your perpetual Christmas present, Steve. <laughs> no, or, my uh, birthday you, you, present. You, you, you the birthday <laughs> present, rather, yes. Well, at least it's not Northwestern this year. I've uh, woke up to too many Outback Bowls with Northwestern and whatever you have. You. <laughs> but I, I think both these teams are, are motivated to play in this game. And you talked about it's a big, big spot for Penn State, knowing how their season's gone, Clifford coming back. Um, and I, I – I just I want to see Arkansas against somebody different. You know, I went back and watched the Penn State Auburn game, and man, did Auburn have chances in that game. And I know it's early in the year, a lot of things change. And you look what Auburn did to Arkansas. Arkansas is a totally different team now uh, than they were, you know, middle of the season when they played. So I would lean Arkansas in this game um, in its totality. I, I think it's a big spot for their program um, down the road. When you look, I don't know how much better uh, it'll get than a possibly a nine and four season for. For Sam Pittman in in Fayetteville, I think I, and I think they're happy with that. Maybe you know down the you you pull off an upset or a game you're not supposed to win um, in in years coming. You know whether it's going to be against a highly ranked A and M team or a high highly ranked Bama team. You already beat A and M this year, but you know that hurdle obviously in your divisions, Alabama. But I think this is a great opportunity for Arkansas to show what they got, and uh, I'll go Arkansas in that game. Uh, Fiesta Bowl one o'clock, very early out in Arizona. Um, interested to see. Uh, this happened with what Washington and Penn State when they played. That was like the early. They played in an afternoon game too. Yeah, yeah right. I don't think uh, it was oh. quite that early. Yeah, but it was definitely it was definitely an afternoonish game. Yeah, so you're looking at what I don't Arizona. I never know what time. Two hours, right? Two, Two hours. hours. Yeah, that's right. That would be my guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, I got confused between the two and the three. I, two and the three deal as well. I thought it was two. I love uh, love what Gundy said. If we have to find 11 guys to play, we are playing this game. I love that mindset and everything he brings to the table. Notre Dame's got some big opt-outs uh, and, and injuries um, that are going to keep guys out. Fire up to see um, what the new head coach brings to the table. I think he's going to have his guys ready to go. Obviously, I'm interested to see how his demeanor on the sideline. You know, you, t- you hear everything positive about Coach Freeman. He's He's buttoned up. He, he he knows all the all the right things to say to you know get his defense motivated. Now he does it for his team. Uh, I would imagine Tommy Reese is going to have a lot more say in the offense, even though he already does have a ton of say in the offense. Uh, so this is it's a cool dynamic to see how what Notre Dame is going to look like going in the future. Um, I I. I, like with no Kyron Williams, I think that's huge for Notre Dame's offense. I, I love the kid. Uh, I love watching him play, and I'm 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 sad I'm not going to be able to see that. And I just I don't know what to expect from their offense without him in it. That's my biggest question about this game. It's an absolute 100% total pass for me. Uh, I, I based on the Gundy comments, like who who the heck knows? A who's going to be out there for Oklahoma State, and B the mindset after coming so close to potentially. Uh, having a playoff chance or winning a Big 12 title, 
against an Notre Dame team with, without its best offensive player and its best defensive player. Like, it's this is a this is a pass for me. Sorry, I don't got much more than that. No, I'm with you. But you know what? Like, I guess it's just a weird thing about me. I don't have a really a side on the game, but I'm really interested to watch this game. Me too. Because I have no idea how it's going to play out. And sorry if you don't like that take. Um, Later on um, that day, the greatest day of the year. uh, Your birthday. It's also my my late grandfather's birthday, too. Happy birthday, Gramps. Iowa, Kentucky, 1 o'clock. Oh, it's not later that day. It's also kicking off the same time. Uh, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State's on ESPN. Iowa, Kentucky, Citrus Bowl, ABC. Kentucky minus three, mm. over under 44. Yeah, you want to lay three points with Kentucky here? You know, what's that? You want to lay three points with Kentucky no. here? No. Um, I, I haven't seen an opt-out deal. I w- I'm curious to see what Kentucky, if all Kentucky's guys on defense play. Um, you know, Pascal uh, obviously has a future in the next level. Um, I'm, I haven't seen anything. I, I'm, I'm, I think Goodson's the only one I've seen from Iowa who's opted out, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, I lean Iowa here with the points. Um, this is surprising to me. That's a higher over-under than – what was the low one? Oh, the Wisconsin's 41, and the Las Vegas ball is 41. This one's 44. I think 21 points wins this game. Yeah, I, I would say somewhere between 21 and 24 would be – you could sign me up for that, and I'd be good. Um, yeah, I under I, – I like Iowa, maybe – in-game teaser, Iowa and the under? In-game teaser. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Get that in before the I, I, I just What's been Kentucky's biggest issue this year is turning the ball over. Yes. What has what Iowa capitalized on more than any any other team out there? It's getting creating turnovers, putting teams in bad situations to capitalize on mistakes. And I, I, I just – again, turnovers aren't necessarily – Predictive, and you don't think they're going to happen, but they always seem to do when uh, when Iowa was involved. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, plus it, plus three, I'm going to take the Hawkeyes. Yeah, I, I, I just and I, I'm, going, and, I'm, going, I'm going to sacrifice and and open myself up to the wrath of the uh, Kentucky head coach, who I'm sure will give me a hard time once he <laughs> once he sees and hears that. Uh, I will just say this: I know it's hard for people to get out of your mind what Iowa looked like the last time you saw him. And that's why I think people are just going <laughs> to blindly take Kentucky, you know, but I, I, I was done well in, in plenty of spots in bowl games where they weren't that outmatched talented uh, talent wise. And I think this is one of those circumstances. So I, I, I like Iowa plus the points uh, in that one, the granddaddy five o'clock Eastern ESPN. You'll be there. Obviously the opt-outs for Ohio state have been announced. Um, Major, major names. The line is down to four and a half, 64, doing some radio uh, out in Utah. They're already out in L.A. Um, they're all in. Uh, I saw some things where they're even buying Ohio State tickets. I would expect a huge, huge contingent of, of Utah people there. Um, and that can only help them because they're going to need it. 
um, a la Cincinnati and Alabama. This is a matchup that I look at. Um, I know some of the guys are out for Ohio State, but Utah hasn't seen anything like this offense. Uh, I don't care who Ryan Day plugs in there to take out the opt-outs. Uh, I think he's the best player caller in the, in the sport. I've said it time and time again. Uh, but Utah is going to bring their game to the table. And can they match up and, and, and game plan for it, knowing what they have? The defense has just wrecked havoc over undermanned offenses in the Pac-12. And that's the, that's the matchup here for me. Um, Utah, I, I believe, will figure things out eventually offensively against that Ohio State defense. But how long can Utah hold up defensively? That's what it comes down to for me in this game. Yeah, I, I'd i be careful here. With, I mean, if you missed the number on Utah, I would certainly wouldn't take four, four and a half. Now, it's crazy to think that you've got all those opt-outs for Ohio State and you still have Jackson Smith and Njigba. You've got Marvin Harrison. You've got Trevion Henderson. You've got C.J. Stroud. Like, <laughs> that's a pretty good hand to uh, <laughs> take into the Rose Bowl. Yeah. And I, and I, and I almost wonder now if the, it's an opportunity for these, these younger Ohio State players and some of these other positions to really make a, uh, a, a name for themselves. Like, I'm, I'm strongly considering – uh, lay in the four, four and a half with Ohio State in this game, just because like they, their their talent level is still through the roof, and and I think kind of everybody's expecting Utah to to win this game now that Ohio State has those uh, those guys out and to be excited about being there. I just and you kind of hit on it. I I just don't think the Pac-12 was very good this year mm-hmm. at all. And what Utah did was awesome. And yes, I know Oregon went to Columbus earlier in the year and won, but I don't know, man. It, I get a I get a feeling here that Ohio State's going to show up just because of the respect that I know you and I both have for 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 Ryan Day and the players that that are going to be there. They, they take nothing away from Utah what they did winning the Pac-12, no. rallying. Um, Devin Lloyd is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ohio State's got a lot more Devin Lloyds than than Utah has. Yeah, uh, I want to say uh, I couldn't be happier for Utah. Eleven years in the conference, uh, and they've been close, uh, closer to bigger things. But to finally get to this point uh, is awesome to see. And I'm, I, I think the world, a uh, coach Witt at, at Utah and what they brought. You know, they're going to bring that toughness in to me. Like I said. <laughs> How long can they hold up? I, this number feels high because I think if Utah's in the game, it's going to be low scoring. 64, um, it feels like a lot uh, to me. So I, I would look at the under. I'm with you there. I just I, I think about the Ohio State skill guys that are going to be playing in this game and the confidence they're going to have knowing they have the best play caller in the sport and in my first game in Pasadena, and I'm probably going to be open a lot and I'm going to probably get some looks. Uh, that's got to be an awesome feeling. Uh, so we'll we'll see about that. I would lean under in this game. I do. Um, uh, Utah's got to come out well. You know, they're not built to come back. Um, you know, as we saw Ohio State almost do against Michigan. It's not that. Uh, they rely on that defense. Um, and we'll see what happens there. Uh, 8.45 that night, the Sugar Bowl. Fired up. Baylor, Ole Miss. Ole Miss minus one and a half. 
55 and a half. And Ole Miss is a team that if you bet their overs this year, you lost you done very a lot. Well. <laughs> you lost a lot of money. Um, and this is interesting to me because of the matchup. I love that Corral's playing. I think this is an enormous spot for him that could boost him all the way to being the first quarterback taken in the draft. Uh, I know people that are out there and already think that. Um, but I, I, I love the idea that he's playing. Lebby's going to coach in this game, which I think is a huge, um, a huge deal for Ole Miss. And on the other side, you got the ultimate ultimate preparer. Um, Aranda is is a guy that looks at this as a great opportunity. I would I would lean the over in this game, even though Ole Miss is involved and their numbers have been inflated all year. And this is another game I probably won't have a a play on, even though I'm sure I might have to throw something up on the board or else I get yelled at. Yeah, you um, will. I'm really looking forward to this game, though. Like, yeah, me too. I, I've I've gone I've gone back and forth on this one, and and the the, the college football fan in me is rooting for Ole Miss just because of Corral play. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see him be rewarded and Ole Miss rewarded for him playing for for Levy staying and calling the plays. Um, so I, I I can see and that defense has played well. Um, Baylor winning, winning the Big 12 is, is an amazing accomplishment. They got to the Sugar Bowl a couple years ago. Uh, didn't go well against Georgia, who should have been in the playoff. But that's a conversation for another time. But I, I'll, uh, I think if I had to play this game right now, I'll be leaning towards Ole Miss. Okay, I'm with you there. Um, I'm with you there. I, I, I do look at that. Oh, I just – I love Grimes on the other side calling plays for Baylor. And – what they did in the Big 12 title game was awesome. Um, and I think they're going to be riding pretty darn high uh, off of that win. So I expect them to play well. I um, I just feel like I know more about Ole Miss because of the idea with Corral getting the snaps. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I mean, we, we mentioned Levy's name. He's the offensive coordinator uh, for, for Ole Miss. He's going out uh, Oklahoma to take over the same job. And he's an Oklahoma guy, but I, I I think it's 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 really cool that he's staying to coach this game, and it tells you what kind of kid I think Matt Corral is. Um, so I, I think it's a real high level game. I'm pumped that it's the last game of, of New Year's Day, um, as opposed to unfortunately what we're getting in the Peach Bowl, which was a game I was really fired up for originally. Uh, but yeah, I like Ole Miss and over uh, in this one. Um, and then Tuesday, January fourth. LSU, Kansas State, the Texas Bowl. If you have a thought, go. I do not. I mean, it, it's got to be Kansas State or pass, right? Yeah. Like, why, is, why is the number only three and a half with an LSU team that who, who knows what they're going to do? I don't know how they're practicing. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they, they didn't have enough players at times during the, the regular season, and they've got key opt-outs. I, I, gosh, I almost wonder by the time this day of the game rolls around if they're going to have enough players to play. Mm-hmm. But like it, it's got to be Kansas State or pass. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Uh, that's just looking at it and knowing what's um, there. I mean, there's talks about LSU might play having to play a wide receiver uh, at quarterback, and there's a deal with Nussmeyer and his red shirt, and just a bunch of stuff going on. I don't even, I like who's coaching the game for them. Um, you know, Woodward or uh, I believe Woodward came in the locker room after. The AM game and and told Coach O that was it. So he could, I mean, he's not even not even around. Uh, not even there. 
is the most master motivator that he is. Big Mike Happy Recap. The Big Mike Happy Recap. You start, sir. Um, I will go Pitt, Michigan State over. Mm-hmm. I will go Arizona State team total under. Give me Georgia. Give me Cincinnati team total under. Um, give me Penn State, Arkansas under. Give me Iowa. And give me the Ohio State University. Okay. Uh, I will take Wisconsin minus the six, Alabama minus the 13 and a half, maybe have the over in the column. Um, I do like Arkansas also. I'm with you on Iowa. Uh, I'll take the under in the Rose Bowl. And Ole Miss in the over. I'm not sure both will make the column um, there. So get back to your busy day down in South Florida, sir. I, I will have to uh, actually have a couple other little things I need to do. I got to head over to the stadium and knock out the uh, the daily wager stuff this afternoon. And then I'll uh, come back and probably. What's just, for dinner? That's that's what I was just thinking about. I don't know, I don't know what, what's going to be. Is the word there. prime a possibility? No, no. Being up at Hollywood here, it's a little too far. Okay. I went to Billy's Stone Crabs. Uh, Love which Billy's. Is, yeah, we went, we went there, went there last night with Larry Colmas, who is the uh, – Track race race track announcer uh, for the Triple Crown and longtime friend of mine, so it was good to good to see him. But yeah, I don't know what we're gonna do. It, it might just be an eat like, a, like an order out type night and eat in and just watch watch the bowl games tonight. Okay, kick back. Uh, I, get, I get a nice view of the ocean, so I'm, I just open those sliders and hear the hear the waves crash and fire the TV up and just kind of do a little DoorDash or Uber Eats or Grubhub or something like that. All right. You mentioned uh, a little horse racing. Uh, there is a track close to you. Uh, but how about the effort out of Flatline? No, no he, he's a really super talented, super talented sprinter. He's only run a few times, so clearly there are some issues with Flatline. But he is a uh, freaky fast horse. And Wow. I guess the question now for, for racing fans is will, will we see him uh, how many times before the Met Mile, which I would assume would be the next logical spot for him. Maybe, maybe we'll see him uh, once before that. But yeah, he's a he's a freak, and it'll, it'll hopefully he can stay uh, healthy for the for the course of the year, and we can see him in the uh, the Breeders' Cup and up at Saratoga this year. Mm, uh, now you're talking. Or Del Mar. John, John Saddle normally doesn't ship. To uh, to Saratoga, so something tells me he'll probably be uh, Del Mar based for or West Coast based. Okay, for most of the year, maybe maybe Kentucky if uh, if the, if there's a race for him Derby weekend. But yeah, that was okay. a, uh, an awesome race. And yeah, now we now we're getting to the time where uh, the two year olds are about to turn three, and the uh, obviously a ton ton of storylines around the, uh, mm. the Derby this year with the Bob Afford three year olds who. Uh, none of them are getting points right now because of the uh, the ongoing uh, uh, look into the, the the derby result from last year, and so we'll we'll see ultimately what happens with that. So that like Cornish is a really talented horse, mm-hmm. who um, like but he would have to like change trainers right now in order to start getting points towards the uh, the derby. So yeah, that's certainly gonna be an interesting story to 
follow along as we uh, get going here on the Triple Crown Trail with some of these three-year-old uh, derby prep races coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think uh, I'm going to put this on you uh, for the year 2022. You know how you could set your alerts on the ESPN app? Like whenever the Islanders mm-hmm. play, you can get a yes. You can get a text about mm-hmm. you know the score. I need the horse updates when certain horses are going to race. I need that, those alert. I need alerts. Oh, yeah, on that, 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 that's your uh, your stable mail uh, daily racing form. Uh, you you can put you can put in a horse and in in, in in the stable mail. Yeah, uh, whenever, and whenever they are entered, you will you will receive a notification. Yes. Okay. So All right, I got to do that. That's yeah. my that's my New Year's resolution. Good for you. Uh, I have been finding myself driving over to Virginia to uh, plant some apps in this, boy. in this holiday season. Out of boy, and, you, you, uh, you, you, you know what? You know what? I found out yesterday. Um, I was I was Lee. I I was sitting around in um at Bradley getting ready for the uh to to leave in Connecticut. Yep. And I wound up firing in some coach of the year stuff. Mm. And um I, I I got 35 to one on Flores. I got 750 on Zach Taylor and I played Vrabel, I think, at like 12 to 1, just because I didn't think that Matt LaFleur should be plus 175. Okay. And I tweeted that out. And of course, every Packers fan of the yeah. world disagreed with me in a shocking development. Um, and about a, a very a good handicapper friend of mine sent me a, a DM saying, totally agree with you. Um, the, the two the two people I bet were Zach Taylor and Nick Sirianni. I'm like, I didn't even think of Sirianni. He, made a, he laid out a really good case for Sirianni, who was 65 to 1. Mm-hmm. So I, I send a uh, text message to a buddy of mine who lives in Virginia. And he's like, I can't play it. We can't bet on awards in Virginia. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Yeah. And I guess because it's technically a vote. Uh, I don't know. I guess they have to stand there. Their high moral ground there to disallow voting on, on awards. Mm-hmm. So I was able to contact a, another buddy of mine who proper was, the proper people uh, uh, able able to help me out so yeah i, I bought a bet in syriani at 65 to 1 as well and then, and then that the, again that comeback player of the year stuff like i couldn't believe like when i'm going through this i'm like why is dak like minus 625 to win this thing mm. um i like yeah he's a cowboy everybody loves well, not everybody loves cowboys but one of the more popular teams out there like way to put it. Burrow leads the Burrow leads the league in like yards per attempt. He's second behind Aaron in in quarterback rating. He's got a better QBR than Dak. He, he's got averages more yards per drop. Like the numbers kind of support Burrow based on like where they were supposed to be. They both had horrific injuries, but like I'm sure Dak will win. But I don't think it should be priced like a complete slam dunk. I think more criteria needs to be put in that comeback player of the year. Like they both played in the season last year. Um, and they kind of young guys to be wearing winning comeback player of the year, you know, like can we let's have like six years in the league, at least in order to win comeback player of the year. Uh, speaking of uh, you can bet futures in Virginia. And I'll just tell you now, bet the Warriors to win the NBA title. Just do it right now. Just do it. They're going to win it. Do you think? Do you think the? Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's already baked in the price of the, uh, just knowing that Clay's coming back, yes. right? 
Yeah. Uh, I got a six and a half to one, and I'll I'll take that. I'm going to bet the Lakers before the. Oh God, do not do that. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, I'm not, actually, I'm if you really want Lakers. money to throw away, the now's Lakers the time. <laughs> <laughs> now's the time. Uh, I did get Warriors at uh, eleven to one before the season, so um, I still think it's worth it. Uh, I, I've not really um, been excited for something more to see in the NBA than to see Clay come back. He's he's the best. I can't wait to see him. And I think they're going to be phenomenal when he comes back because they've done a really good job of building that roster and getting guys that could score. And that's what you got to do in this league. Um, but that's our NBA breakdown. Um, enough. Of, I'm taking enough of your time. You got things to do. I have to go wrangle a bunch of kids. And that's <laughs> you, not what I'm looking You have for. fun with that. Oh yeah, we we <laughs> hope I got some boxes of mac and cheese left to cook for lunch. Let's just put it that way. That's the only time it's quiet is when they're eating. <laughs> <laughs> now do you cut up? Now do you cut up some hot dogs and put like little little hot dogs in the mac and no, cheese? No, they like it all separate. They okay. like they like their hot dogs on the on the grill, some okay. Martin's potato rolls, and then the old mac and cheese. So we will get that done now. I'm probably going to get yelled at because it is past our normal lunchtime and now there's more people involved so there's more people being mad at me so it's all good i'll um, never be I'm, mad at you steve uh we got like 10 days i think till we get to see each other in indianapolis pumped good, for that. awesome we're doing dinner sunday night get it ready yes indeed okay totally all right you're a man i'll talk to you soon behave down there in your old stop grounds i will bless you bet more you lose when you win you can listen or follow the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, don't miss more from Stanford Steve on ESPN Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt. And check out the Bear on College Game Day on ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network.